Hey guys, and welcome to the Finance Now podcast. This podcast is purely for informational and educational purposes, and it's my way of sharing my knowledge, research, and opinions with you. I'm Anurag Birla, and let's be honest, this week was an important week. As amidst another banking failure and more economic worries, most investors were eagerly waiting on the Fed and what they were going to do. So on Wednesday, the 3rd of May, the Federal Reserve increased interest rates by 0.25% to the highest level in 16 years, marking its 10th hike in 14 months to battle inflation and stabilize prices. Jay Powell did signal that this may be the last hike for the time being, but what's funny is that he added another line that we've heard a couple times before, which was, will be driven by incoming data. I think what that basically means is that if inflation proves to be sticky, then further action will be taken and more rate hikes will occur. Obviously, there's a huge amount of fear for a recession, but there has been gradual disinflation going on. Interest rates are high and going forward, businesses should be constrained, which will further lead to more disinflation. Powell did mention that he was hopeful that the US would be able to avoid a recession, which, as I mentioned on a previous episode, was a highly difficult and unlikely feat. But given that unemployment has remained low and hiring has stayed strong, Powell would like to think it's it's possible. When talking about the banking sector woes, Powell mentioned that he believes conditions have improved since March and that many banks have been attending to liquidity. He also commented on JP Morgan's acquisition of First Republic, stating that while he doesn't believe it was ideal, it is a good outcome for the banking system. I think there still is a lot of fear and lack of confidence in the banking system, especially that of the regional banks. And I think something needs to be done uh, to reinstill that confidence that people have. Otherwise, it's going to turn into a bloodbath. And, you know, different banks will be moving onto the chopping block depending on their current liquidity position and the stock price will tank because of it. Overall, though, positive that disinflation is occurring and that the Fed is considering pausing tightening, but it really doesn't do much for recession worries. And I truly think it's just about time. Like, let's just get it over and done with already, you know, this whole recession thing. Well, in other news this week, there were a couple of earnings calls that were of interest to me. I'll I'll start with AMD, that is Advanced Micro Devices, this semiconductor company. At first glance, that earnings looks strong beating analysts' expectations on the top and bottom line. But why did the stock drop about why did the stock drop about 6% after hours? Revenue came in at 5.4 billion versus an expected 5.3, and adjusted earnings per share were 60 cents versus the 56 cents that was expected. Looks nice, but there's a bit more to unpack. AMD fell short on data center and client revenue. For a bit of context, AMD is contending with a huge drop in PC sales. Worldwide shipments were down about 30%, according to Gartner, falling to 55.2 million units. Now for AMD, that limited demand from consumers and businesses and too much inventory mean that less number of PCs are being sold. This led to a 64% decline year-over-year in client revenue, which includes sales of PC chips. Their guidance also looked so-so with their revenue projections for Q2 ranging from $5 billion to $5.6 billion, while analyst estimates were $5.5 billion. 
Their forecast of double-digit annual growth for data centers in 2023 seems somewhat aggressive to me, given the macroeconomic environment, and they do face competition from Intel with their aggressive pricing and promotional strategies. Good thing, however, is that they are planning to keep operating expenses flat until demand improves. You know, overall, AMD has been a great stock to own, and their growth within the chip space has been undeniable. Whether they can sustain that is the question that remains to be seen, with a fair amount of headwinds coming their way at the moment. It could just be that for the second quarter, they lowered expectations, as the CFO did mention that the second half of the year, so Q3 onwards, she expects the PC and server markets to strengthen, resulting in growth for AMD. Another chip stock that took a big hit amidst macroeconomic concerns was Qualcomm. For those that don't know Qualcomm, creates semiconductors, services, and software related to wireless technology. So for Qualcomm, their stock pre-market Thursday was down about 8%. Now let's take a look at why. Despite narrowly beating consensus estimates, their revenue was down 17% year over year, while their EPS was just about in line with estimates. In terms of segments, there's a bit more to unpack here. Their two main segments are QCT and QTL. So QCT stands for Qualcomm CDMA Technologies, and it's their main source of business. It includes products sold from use in mobiles, all RFFE products, which are radio frequency front end products, all their products sold for use in automobiles, and products sold for use in IoT, Internet of Things. QTL stands for Qualcomm Technology Licensing and is their patent and licensing business, essentially. QCT revenue was down 17% year over year, under which handset revenue, which is a core part of their business, was also down 17%. Their automotive revenue from their QCT segment was up 20% year over year. Their QTL business was down 18% year over year. Net income overall was down 42% year over year, and their guidance for the current quarter was below expectation. The company's CEO blamed results on a challenging environment, and a big part of that was smartphone sales in China. And the outlook for the year looks tough, with shipments for the global market declining over 14% in the first quarter. One good thing is that they're continuing to buy back shares and continuing to pay dividends. Um, by looking at AMD and Qualcomm's earnings, you can sort of get the gist that a lot of the strain and struggle is from the macroeconomic environment, like PC and smartphone sales have just declined and are continuing to decline. And there's a lot of uncertainty around the overall recessionary and inflationary environment. And, you know, people aren't too sure about whether the demand is going to spike back up, and if so, when. In terms of a business, though, I think Qualcomm is great. But whether the next year looks great for them, I'm, I'm not too sure. There's just too much uncertainty within the smartphone market for me to be able to confidently bet on them to surpass expectations. I do think that if they can continue growing their automotive business and you know their other revenue streams to become less reliant on smartphones, we may be able to see a stronger and more diversified earnings from them. Now let's move on to talking about the largest company in the world by market cap, Apple. We all love Apple, don't we? I mean, they reported better than expected earnings, beating estimates, beating EPS estimates by 6.32%. The stock was up about 2.5% after hours, 
Tim Cook also mentioned that the quarter was better than expected for them. Their revenue was higher than expected, but was still 3% down year over year. So what was the driver this quarter? Well, in contrast to everything that's been going on in the wider market, and in contrast to what I spoke about earlier with Qualcomm, their biggest driver this quarter was actually their iPhone sales. Their iPhone revenue was $51.33 billion versus the expected $48.84 billion. What was a lot more aligned with the broader market was the results from their Mac and iPad sales. Obviously, we saw the effects of the 30% drop in PC sales with AMD and Intel, but Mac revenue came in at $7.17 billion versus an expected $7.8 billion, and the iPad marginally missed expectations, coming in at $6.7 billion versus an expected $6.69. Apple Services, which is their highest margin business line, grew 5.5% year-over-year. This segment includes their monthly subscriptions, warranties, app store revenue, etc. A few things, though, to note from their earnings. I'm still shocked as to how much better their iPhones fared in comparison to the wider smartphone market. I mean, the smartphone market has dropped 15%, according to an IDC estimate, and Apple's iPhone revenue increased 2%. That's astonishing. Their China regional business, which includes the mainland Taiwan and Hong Kong, is still down from last year, but I do suspect that's not fully bounced back post-pandemic era. Well, not yet at least. Um, their, Their prospects in India are looking great. I think it's a great market for them to enter, and Tim Cook is optimistic, saying that the switcher and first-time buyer metrics, switcher refers to those who switch from Android. Um, so the switcher and first-time buyer metrics look very good there. They've also authorized $90 billion in share repurchases and dividends, and they also raised their dividend by 4% to $0.24 cents a share, which are just things we love to see. Cook also mentioned that Apple is not planning on doing mass layoffs, something quite in contrast to the to the wider tech industry, I guess, as we've, you know, seen with Amazon, Meta, and some others. As a company, Apple just won't stop winning people over. At at least in my opinion. I mean their their products and their ecosystem is incredible. I say this as an owner of their MacBook Pro, iPhone, and Apple Watch. I don't think I could do without one of those. However, the dividend increase, share buybacks, their iPhone sales, their handling of their workforce, it's quite admirable and hopefully turns out to be the best foot forward for them. I do feel strongly about Apple. They're a dominant player in the smartphone market and their entering streaming and entertainment is quite exciting in itself. I mean, their movies and TV shows are pretty solid. Not sure if you you guys have watched any of them, but I'm also quite optimistic about the progress they can make technologically in their wearables department. I mean, with a lot of health upgrades, functionality upgrades, because of, you know, the technological advancements going forward, just overall a solid company and one that I will hold and maybe even buy more of in the face of a recession. I would like to remind everyone that in no way is any of this advice on what to buy or sell. It's simply my opinion based on information and research I have gathered. Please, please, please do not buy or sell anything solely on the basis of what you hear. Always do your own research too. I hope you enjoyed this episode, and if you did make it this far, I thank you for listening. Once again, I'm Anurag Birla, and this is Finance Now. Big small stuff.